It's time for Carolina Blitz, the freshest coverage of Carolina sports and entertainment. Hosted by founder and editor-in-chief, Vashti Hurt. She don't play games. She covers them. Thank you for tuning in to Carolina Blitz on ESPN 730 The Game. My name is Vashti Hurt. I'm your host and founder and editor-in-chief of Carolina Blitz. Carolina Blitz, if you have not been listening, if this is your first time, it's a website. It's a brand dedicated to finding fresh and compelling news stories in and outside of traditional sports reporting and sharing them with you guys, the listeners and the fans in a way that's entertaining and fun. We are a credentialed media outlet that covers the Panthers, Duke, UNC, NC State, all of your favorite Carolina teams. So if you're not checking us out, please do so at this time at Carolina Blitz and we're on all social media outlets. Now, I mentioned earlier, if you are new to the show here on ESPN 730, uh, we're happy to bring kind of our brand to the radio. If you follow us uh, on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, you know that we appreciate the fans of the teams and the passion that they have when it comes to their squad. So we do things a little differently. We highlight you, the fans, uh, and the, of the teams that we cover. So if you're interested in coming on our show to be a weekly or spe- special guest co-host, Our DMs are open. Hit us up and we'll have you on this week. This week we have another like I've had a couple of my friends on here just to kind of ease things through. And I know you guys have been in my DMs about coming on the show. I'll get all of you guys scheduled soon. But we have a friend of mine, Jamel Cuthbertson. He is QC born and raised Panthers fan, Hornets fan, Tar Heels fan. Jamel, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. You're right. I am QC born and raised. I, I've been here through all the growth. I've seen it. Like Drake said, we started from the bottom. Now we're here. So the city's growing. All we got to do is get our team to get on board, get us a couple championships, and, and you know, we're ready to go. Now, talk about, talk about, you said, get our teams on board. Talk about the teams. You're a Panthers fan, Hornets fan, Tar Heels fan. I mentioned that. Give us a little history of your fandom because, you know, some people start off as maybe Steelers fans and then migrate to the Panthers. How long have you been a Panthers fan? Since I can legit, you know, you got people say, oh, I've been a fan since I was two years old. I can't be a fan of two years old. But since right. I've been able to make my own decisions, I've been Panthers, Carolina Tar Heels, Charlotte Hornets, Hurricanes, Checkers. If it got Carolina attached to it, that, that's who I'm rolling with. And, you know, like I said, I was born in Presbyterian Hospital. 33 years ago, um, all my schools, you know, like I remember when we was in elementary school, the Hornets used to come through with the, the, the book reading thing and you get free tickets to games if you read a certain many, a certain amount of hours, a certain number of books. So, you know, I, I've, I've been with them since I can remember. Um, but of course, you know, just like anybody, I have my favorite players, um, like Kobe Bryant, that was my guy. You yeah. know, I named my dog after Kobe. Um, so I, I, for those few years, or those years when Kobe was there, I did deviate a little bit. I supported the Lakers. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So yeah. if the Lakers and Hornets played each other when Kobe was playing. Who were you going for? That's one of those situations like, uh, 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 you know, with Tennessee and Florida now. I hope my guy has the best game he could possibly have, but still leave with an L. So when okay. Kobe played the Hornets, I wanted Kobe to drop 80, but I wanted the Hornets to get the win. So That's fair. Yeah, that, yeah that's, 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 that's how I how I operate. So, you know, basketball had Kobe and you know of course I was a Michael Vick fan even though he played for the Falcons and um you know I, still I don't, I don't know about all that now 
I, I loved Vic. I mean, you kind of had to. I had all the I shoes, mean. you know. Um, and so I got I got my people in different sports that I pulled for. But like Barry Sanders was my favorite, you know, football player. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't the Panther in, in, in the close second to Steve Smith. But um, so, yeah, that's that's how I roll, man. That's just how my fandom is aligned. And I, quick, I, I, Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I pride myself on staying true. You know, I'm, I'm not you, a bandwagon. You mentioned staying true, but when you talked about college football, you mentioned Florida and Tennessee. I mean, right. Carolina has some college football teams. That is true. But growing up in Charlotte, so this is like a little history lesson. Growing up in Charlotte, um, North Carolina is a split state. I think we're one of the true states that represent or, or that support basketball just as much as we support football. And, mm. and, and, and growing up, Tar Heel basketball was really big in this area. It wasn't really Tar Heel football. Yeah. You know, and so how I ended up being a Florida Gators fan was when I was younger, I wanted to do everything opposite of my brother. And he was a, a Florida State fan. Okay. And so that pushed me towards the Florida Gators at a, at a young age. And I had some other things happen in my, you know, my own playing career and stuff like that, friends and everything like that, that kind of, you know, grab, made me gravitate towards the Gators. And, and that's how now I'm a Gators fan. And then uh, guys like my little brother, he plays for Tennessee now. So, I, you know, I'm a Tennessee ball fan for the next few years as well. So that's that's where I'm at. You mentioned yeah. your playing career real quick. If those don't, people who may not know who you are, like you are a baller yourself. Yeah, I, I try to do my thing out there. I, uh, I, I, I football took me a lot of places. It uh, definitely got me a, a degree, a education. Um, and uh, I got the, you know, I, I went to training camp with the Buffalo Bills, went to training camp with the Montreal Alouettes. So, uh, I, you know, I played a little bit of ball. Um, look, but where looking- did you play? I played at Catawba College. It's in Salisbury, North Carolina. You uh, still in the record to, books too, right? Still in the record books. I hold what I think seven of the school's rushing records. I was uh, fortunate enough to be All American my senior year. Um, so I mean, I did. I did. Stop a little trying bit to be like fake that. humble. You being and a little you know, fake humble right now. You know, a little flex, a little flex. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're not. Listen, guys. So we're not talking to uh, just a fan right now. To this week, we are talking about somebody who looks at the game from somewhat from a perspective of someone who actually played it and played it at a high level. So if you're listening again, you're tuned into Carolina Blitz on ESPN 730. We're talking to Jamel Cuthbertson, our weekly, uh, our guest co-host for the week, lifelong Panthers fan. So let's talk a little bit about the Panthers. You've been going to games. Not a lot of people have been going to the games. I've only been going to the games at Panthers Stadium covering them. But you went to Atlanta, and I think you went somewhere else, didn't you? Um, no, this year I've only gone to Atlanta, and I, I was going to go to Kansas City this past weekend, uh, this weekend coming up to go to the game. But I just decided to sit this one out. But I've, I've only been to Atlanta this week, uh, this year, as far as away, and then I've been to two home games. What was what was the environment like as a fan? I can I can talk about how I was in the press box, but it's different. What was it like at Bank of America Stadium? To be completely honest, the, I'm not a real just like you said. I played the game. I'm not a real hoopla guy, mm. you know. So actually, the 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 crowd being smaller and the lines being shorter, I've kind of enjoyed it. Really, you know, I, I, I've kind of enjoyed it, you know, because you. You know how those seats are at the stadiums. You 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 shoulder to shoulder with somebody you don't know. Mm-hmm. You know you go to stand in line. You have to kind of be really meticulous about when I go to the concession stand. I don't want to miss too much game time. Right. See all that stuff is eliminated now. Um, coming up 
up Stonewall to the to the game. So I, I live in Uptown Charlotte as well, and and I normally Uber as close as I can get to to the Panther Stadium, and then I get out and walk the rest mm-hmm. of the way. Well, now that we don't have the fans there, she was literally able to drop me off in front of the stadium. I yeah. didn't have a walk at all. And then once you get in, you know, the concession lines that are non-existent. It, I mean, it, it, it hasn't been bad because I truly go to football games to watch football. Um, the other stuff is kind of extra. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy it, but it hasn't been a bad. It hasn't been that bad for me. Um, it was odd going to Atlanta because, mm. uh, you know, that stadium is usually rocking. They yeah. playing all the rap music, the fans going crazy. Mm-hmm. They talking junk to Carolina and stuff. It was kind of odd to be in that big dome, that huge building with only a few thousand people. Um, and I definitely I definitely noticed a difference in the players, too. I Do you think that they they needed that energy to feed? Was it more lackluster? I think it's lackluster. And I think essentially what has happened, we've removed the home field advantage, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and we made some plays down in Atlanta that we typically don't make in Atlanta. And there's really some plays in Atlanta that they didn't make here at home. True. And I really feel like it being almost like a practice or scrimmage atmosphere kind of calmed the nerves of a lot of guys. And, and they were able to to, you know, make some plays that we we typically go down there and leave on the table. So, um, yeah, the, the, the players definitely are a little they're 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 influenced by the lack of fans in the stands. All right. Speaking of the Panthers, they are halfway. They're at the midseason point ahead of Sunday's matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. Three and five record. But in four of those five losses, they came down to the last possession. Have the Panthers exceeded your expectations this year? Uh, to be honest with you, v, we're kind of where I thought we would be. I always mm-hmm. said that we would be one or two ways this year. I thought we would either be really bad or a lot better than expected. I didn't really expect us to be middle of the road just yet. Um, and, and, and so I think that we have shown some instances where we've been better than expected. And I think we have shown sometimes where we, you know, we just kind of fell short. And if we could have made a couple, you know, routine plays, not made a few mistakes, we could have won some of those games. Um, like beating Arizona was huge. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't expect us to beat Arizona, to be completely honest with you. And the way that they um, held Kyler Murray in, in check was impressive, especially with right. that young defense. Right. It was very impressive. And that's another thing. I don't know if we're going to talk about it today, but this is one of the few times, well, one of the times in the past few years where I really feel like we got it right with the draft. Mm. We drafted two pro bowlers with, with Derrick Brown and Chin. They're going to be pro bowlers in their career. And and I don't know when was the last time we were able to say we got two in one draft. Um, yeah, usually Marty Herney will hit the ball out on the first round pick, and then the lower round picks or st- second through through the rest, you know, are debatable. But mm-hmm. I think Chin probably was the steal of the draft so far. Oh my God, he he he's just, he he's you can tell that. Um, he's physically prepared to play the NFL game, mm. you know, which I think a lot of people that may have been the question mark with him coming from a smaller school. A lot of people tend to believe that those guys may not be physically prepared for the game, you know, right out the box, but he he's came out and he's shown that, you know, regardless of where he went to college, there's good ball players everywhere. And, and they, they definitely did their homework on him. And I think we actually won the uh, Isaiah Simmons sweepstakes so far. 
well, yeah. Uh, so far, and you know, Panthers right. fans were heated about not getting Isaiah Simmons. And you know, you bring up an interesting point coming from a smaller school, and you play kind of like a smaller school, um, and major mark at that school. As a professional player, do you think that adds a little juice to him and his game? Is there a little chip on his shoulder that you think he may come in with? Absolutely. Because, you know, when you go to these these uh, like training camps and rookie camps and all the other kind of stuff, you see those guys that came from the bigger schools. And the first thing you want to do is you want to measure yourself up to them. I want to mm-hmm. see how I stack up to them, you know. Um, and, and, and it's almost like you carry the weight of small school nation on your back. You know, I have to come in here and show that we belong. And, you know, I have to show that me going to a small school wasn't that I was void of talent. I might have been void of exposure, mm-hmm. you know, and now I'm here at this point. And so I'm going to show you guys that it's talent everywhere. And 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 I've been very critical of, of GMs and stuff over the past that a lot of small school guys are overlooked because they allow the media uh, and, and, and news networks to do their their scouting for them without actually going and finding these guys. Well, with, like I said, with the Panthers, I definitely take my hat off to them with Jeremy Chen because he's he's been all that we've expected and and more. So to answer your question, yeah, yeah I definitely think he he's in he's in that locker room every day and he goes out on that field every Sunday with a little chip on his shoulder saying, I might not play in the SEC, but I could have. Yeah, and, and, I won't try to do that. and talking about scouting, like I look at a squad like last year's LSU team, right? where basically all of them went to the league for the most part. And I haven't really been keeping track of them because, you know, I don't necessarily cover the teams that they're on. But I have to think, like, a lot of them got to where they are because of that team and that team's success, not necessarily because they were the the cream of the crop. Absolutely. And um, I I experienced that firsthand, you know, Mm. um, when when I went to Buffalo. My roommate uh, was a guy that played for the Gators, actually. He's a, a defensive back uh, for the Gators, a guy that had me with at the, at the, at the rookie camp. And um, this guy ended up, I don't want to throw his name out there, but he ended up missing a majority of, of all the camps because he had a hyperextended elbow. And he ended up making the practice squad. And he rarely participated in anything. I was released. I had a pulled hamstring um, pretty much the entirety you know, of my time up there. But – he, he, he ended up making a team, and it was clearly one of those cases where he made it because of the success of the team he was on. Mm-hmm. You know, Florida just come off of two national championships while he was there. Right. And, and you know, you got big-name coaches, big-name players on the roster. And I really think that he benefited from, you know, where he was coming from. So, absolutely. A lot of those guys in that LSU team, they rode the wave of that success. And I'm not mad at them. Yeah. You got you to eat, eat like everybody else, right? Eat like everybody else, man. So, but yeah, you're, you're 100% correct. Cause I think out of all of those guys, only a few of them we've heard about, um, you know, with any regularity so far this year, uh, we've heard about Burrow, of course, mm-hmm. cause he's a star mm-hmm. quarterback in, uh, Elair, the running back yeah. in Kansas City. He's been playing was, really well. Right. And then Jefferson, uh, the receiver. Uh, so, you know, but they, I'm, I'm proud of them. I'm, I'm, I'm glad those guys were able to get the opportunity. All right. Moving on, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, we found out on Friday that Christian McCaffrey will be activated this week. Uh, Matt Rule told us in a press conference that he will be activated, but he made sure to uh, to be careful about activated doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to play. 
And he would not be specific about how many minutes that Christian may get. Uh, is Christian McCaffrey being activated big news or does it really not matter that much? If anything, the biggest part of that news is how it's going to affect Kansas City. Because mm. now that they know that Christian is going to be there, they're going to have to prepare. And that's going to take days and time uh, from their normal practice schedule where they would have, you know, been, been able to focus on other things. So now we have to focus on a guy who who can play at MVP level when he's healthy. Um, for the Panthers, um, and V, I remember you made a post about this uh, a couple weeks ago that I responded on. I actually feel like for us, it's time without him, as crazy as it sounds, because I, I want to be clear when I say this, Christian McCaffrey makes us a better football team. Okay. But he also makes us a lot more predictable of the football team. And it's not his fault, but his usage rate by the coaching staff, kind of lets everybody know if we could take away Christian McCaffrey, there isn't much they can do. Um, but these weeks without him, we've, we found a way. Mike Davis has emerged. Uh, Robbie Anderson has been what we want, what we need him to be. DJ's actually been playing pretty good. And yeah. Curtis Samuels, Curtis Samuels been balling too. He got a couple of rushing touchdowns in there. Um, so now we have those other playmakers who are like, okay, I've shown I can do it. Then we add a piece to that puzzle like that's that's huge like Christian McCaffrey, and now those other supporting pieces can can have actually stepped up and elevated their games the past few weeks. And I think it could possibly be a, be a plus for us as long as we don't allow Christian to come in. And I'm not gonna say allow Christian to come in as long as our coaching staff doesn't yeah. allow Christian to come in and just feed 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 him the ball. You know, and that's on Joe Brady. I mean, honestly, right. it, it'll be interesting to see how Joe Brady manages that, especially with how well Mike Davis has played in McCaffrey's absence. Now, what kind of effect do you think that'll have on Davis? As a former player, honestly, I probably would be a little messed up about it. I've, I've played well. I've shown that I could probably be a starter in this league, and now I got to go back to the bench because the guy is coming back. I mean, and first, before we even get on that, let's first – acknowledge Mike Davis has said all the right things he has said all the right things right he's been very supportive he understands the role that Christian plays on his team he knows that he's our money back this is being honest yeah we we dropped the bag on him you know as and he deserved it we dropped the bag on him so he's Mike Davis has played his role but I could tell you from experience at that running back position you got to get going you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like like if I play two or three plays here and then it may be another series or two before I get back out there. It's hard to get in the rhythm of the game. And I'm be, and I'm speaking from experience. My my junior year in college, we had a three running back system. And um, so I knew every game I was going to get 10, 11 carries maybe. Um, and I didn't take the game as serious because I knew I can run the ball 10 times with my eyes closed. Right. I don't have to – you know, go to sleep early the night before. I don't have to worry about my diet. I don't have to do it. I didn't take it as serious because I knew I didn't have as much of a load placed on me. That what I didn't have that greater responsibility. I was one of three people tasked with carrying the running game. So the only thing I hope is that bringing McCaffrey back doesn't doesn't take away the focus Davis has had these past, you know, four or five how many games has been yeah. since, since McCaffrey's been there. But if he can keep that same level of focus, which is really hard to do, if he can keep that same level of focus and we can have those two guys, we could arguably have the best one-two running back punch in the NFL. 
That's crazy. I never thought, well, you, of course, you bring a different perspective, but I never thought about having your focus kind of be taken from you because you know that your load is going to decrease. So you approach the games on a weekly basis differently. And guys, I think I think it's kind of like talk. That's what you're supposed to say. Guys will say, oh, we, we approach every week the same. But how can you approach every week the same when one week you know you're going to be the guy and the next week you know you're just going to be kind of a replacement? Absolutely. Some people are career and I want—I I don't know the right term for this, but some people are career role players. Yeah, they. Charlie they, Ward they, was not Charlie Ward. Was the 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 backup in Pittsburgh who was backup? Charlie Batch. Charlie Batch. Years. Yes. Like some guys are okay with knowing that I'm not going to be the the bell cow. I'm not going to be who we're counting on to to carry us over the over over the finish line. But I could come in here and there do you know make a few plays, do a couple of things, and I go back and take my spot on the bench, you know? And I think you have to – this is where you're really going to figure out what kind of person Mike Davis is. He might not be fit for a backup role, mm. you know? He, he might not be fit for that. Some guys can't focus and can't operate coming off the bench, you know? And I hate to switch gears like that, but you take a person like Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony, whenever he stops being a starter, he has to stop playing basketball. Because you can't bring somebody that's been that level of player for that long and, and, and is used to thriving at that level and say, all right, now you got to come off the bench, play nine minutes a game. I can't be affected that way. Right. You know, so say, you know, with Mike Davis, I think we've seen that that starting role position almost like activates him, you know, and, 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 and put, because he's been in the league for a while now, right? Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not a rookie. I think he's had at right. least at least three or four years in the league. I want to say about seven, six Has or seven. Has it been that many? I believe so. But I don't recall hearing about him having this kind of success at any other stop he's made. So, you know, um, but but we'll, we'll see. But that's it, that's going to be interesting for you to see exactly how this pans out on, on, on Sunday. And I'm pretty sure if Joe Brady's the offensive mind we've all given him credit for and that we've seen down at LSU, He'll probably have some sets where both of them are on the field at the same time. Yeah, they, they were asked. Some media members asked about that if there will be sets. Of course, Rule was not giving out any information, and Brady wasn't giving out any information. But that was a question that was asked if they would have sets where they would be in the game at the same time. And for clarification, Mike Davis was drafted in 2015, so I guess he's in what in his fifth, sixth year uh, by the 49ers in the fourth round. All right, guys, you are listening to Carolina Blitz, the radio show on ESPN 730, The Fan. We're going to move to our next segment, Blitz or Block. Okay, Blitz or Block, Jamel. The Panthers are in their second half of the season on the road against Patrick Mahomes and the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Blitz or Block, the Panthers can pull off the upset. Block, it's not happening. Why would you even go to that game then? Because it's the, it's the Chiefs, and I, I'm 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 on this little the stadium tour. I say I'm gonna go oh, to okay. a game in every stadium at least once. And why? What better time to go than when my team's gonna play there? But we we just don't have it yet to to compete on that level. I don't think we have uh, a defensive secondary that's gonna be able to to uh, slow them down enough. We it might it might stay close probably in the first half maybe. Um, um, and, and and I don't want to sound cliche, but as with any football game, if we cannot turn the ball over, 
we may give ourselves a chance towards the end, but ultimately I'm gonna say block. I don't expect us to come out with a win. Yeah, I, I say block too. And you know, it's you can be hopeful. I think at this point you hope that they are competitive. And I think that this will be more of a measuring stick for the defense, obviously, just to see where they're at. You have Rasul Douglas. He's returning from actually having COVID. He, he confirmed with us that he just wasn't contact tracing. He had COVID. So he's returning from COVID. So they get him back. Dante Jackson has been off and on with his toe injury. Jeremy Chen was listed as questionable because he's been dealing with a knee injury. He was limited in practice today. That's the key right there, because I would assume that Kelsey is going to be a matchup problem for anybody, but I would assume they would, with uh, Chen's speed and his physicality that he would kind of take on that role of matching up against Kelsey, but without him, it's going to be, I mean, Mahomes going to eat. Right. The tight end is the biggest mismatch on the field as far as offense goes. Cause you know, they're, they're a lot of times too fast for linebackers too big for DBs. So, you know, they're, they're, they're hard kept, you know, hard covering. When you talk about Kelsey, who's probably arguably the best tight end in football right now, you know, I, I just don't know if we have anything for him. And let me throw this out here too, v, uh, v. As a fan, I absolutely want us to lose because us being in Kansas City does nothing for us. We're not a Super Bowl team, so I, I would rather us get a, a better draft pick. And I just don't know if beating Kansas City right now is going to help us achieve that. So <laughs> that that makes sense. All right, Clemson and Notre Dame. They will play later on this afternoon. And what was mo what was basically the most highly anticipated ACC matchup in college football, arguably the uh, uh, anticipated matchup in all of college football. Blitzer block the Tigers can beat the Irish without Trevor Lawrence. Blocking that as well. Can they beat? Well, your question says, can they? Okay. Will they then? Let's let's oh. make definitive. Okay, will they? No, they're not. Notre Dame will. Is a game in 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 uh, at Notre Dame? Yes. Oh yeah, it's a wrap. Notre Dame's winning that game because if you if it hadn't been for like I look at the game last week where uh, DJ I can't pronounce his last name but I've been following that kid for a while since he was out uh, at, at St. John's Bosco I believe mm -hmm. out in California. He <clears throat> a lot of things end up going their way and they probably should have lost to Boston College last week. Oh, yeah. That they they lucked up on that one. Oh, God. Boston, Boston College Boston. tricked that off. Oh, they foamed it like the Falcons, right? <laughs> they look like the Falcons out there. They, so, so, so you're not going to be able to fall behind and know the name like this. Up in that, up in South Bend, it's probably cold up there now. I'm not sure, but it's probably getting a little cold. I, I just don't see it happening. Um, if, if, if Clemson does win, Etienne is going to have to have the game of his career. I so. mean, he he has the talent to do it. I'm a blocky too. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is is the heartbeat of that team, and without him, I'm actually shocked that Clemson is going to play without him. I thought that Dabo would be able to finagle his way into getting him on that field. I swear <laughs> to God, like I was like Dabo was going to do something, but he's actually playing it legitimately. So we'll we'll see uh, if. You know, I think that Clemson will be in it, but it's just going to be tough playing at South Bend this hype game without without your without your guy. It's like the it's like it's like this it's like the uh, Patriots without Tom Brady. It's it's tough. Absolutely. All right, uh, last one. 
the Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets, there's a team, one another one of your teams, you have season tickets for the Hornets. They're set to pick third in this year's draft. The prevailing thought, though, in the league is that the organization will be looking to select a big man, either James Wiseman, possibly trading up, or is, I'm going to butcher this name, Onika Okongwu uh, from USC. Those are likely candidates. Passing up now on LaMelo Ball. So blitzer block to the Hornets passing on LaMelo Ball real quick. You put me in a hard spot right here because I, I don't feel like we need to do any of it. I want to trade away the pick and get a veteran in here. Okay. Because I, mean, I, I, I just feel like the NBA has shown time and time and time again it's really, really hard to build a team through the draft. You have a few teams that have done it, mm. namely the, mostly the Golden State Warriors. But, and, and, you know, the Thunder, when they had K, they drafted KD, Russell, and uh, uh, James Harden. I would like for us to I, I would like for us to offload the pick and, and get us a veteran in here that that could come in and make a, a an immediate impact, get from up under that Nick Batum contract and, and get us some talent here. Maybe we can we can start to compete a little bit in the East. But to your question, we need a big man. We need somebody okay. down low. So yes, I'm a blitz with them passing on Lamelo Ball. I feel like we can win with Devonte Graham. Mm -hmm. Um. So I'm, I'm gonna go with yes, us passing on Lamelo Ball and going with Wiseman or the kid from USC. So yes, I'm a blitz with that. All right, guys, I'm going to I'm going to defer my judgment. I really don't know. I think I like Devonte Graham. I think they owe from, from his jump what he's done. I think that they should roll with him. Lamelo Ball may be just too much. You know, he's gonna want to come in and be that guy, and they have guys already. So. All right, guys, thanks for tuning into our show. Thanks again to Jamel for being on with us. We'll be here on ESPN 730 every Saturday at 1030.